Now it's time for the Rural News with Sally Murphy in Ototahi. And Sally, numbers visiting field days this year fell a bit flat. Kia ora Katie, yes, only 75,000 people went through the gates over the four-day event, but exhibitors still reported strong sales. The largest agriculture event in New Zealand, held at Mystery Creek near Hamilton, usually attracts around 130,000 visitors. Field Day Society Chief Executive Peter Nation says moving the event from June to late November because of COVID settings had a big impact on visitor numbers. We always knew it would be lower. Um, We never knew how much, of course. You never know until you've finished. Summer event, some of the farmers are busy with shearing or cropping or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, we're, we're not disappointed, but I thought it would have been a bit bigger. But the feedback we've had from the exhibitors and people that did come really enjoyed it. The connectedness, the ability to spend a bit more time with clients. And for a number of exhibitors, their sales were really strong despite the lower gate number. Mr Nation says this year's summer field days was popular with international visitors. More so than ever um, because they're, they're coming down into our beginning of our summer and leaving the beginning of their winter. So we had a lot of international guests. Um, we had European Union exhibiting, the UK, Ireland. We've already got inquiries. I met two ambassadors during the event who want to uh, resurrect their exhibition sites for their country. So, you know, it's boding really well for next year again. He says the focus is already on next year's field days, which will be held in its usual month of June. First of all, we'll review all our feedback. So we go out and survey all our clients, uh, both visitors through the gate and also our exhibitors. So we spend quite a bit of time getting feedback from them and sifting through on a basis of continuous improvement. We've already got people rebooked for next year and we had people coming to us during the event wanting um, bigger sites and all those sorts of things, so I think that's a really positive sign. And Peter Nation is confident visitor numbers will be higher next year. To other news, the weakening US dollar could see beef schedule prices being trimmed even further in the coming weeks. The New Zealand dollar is currently sitting at 63 US cents. AgriHQ senior analyst Mel Crowe says that's not good news for exporters. If that position is maintained or if the cross rate lifts even higher, then there's every chance that those weekly downsides and schedules Um, that we're now seeing will be greater than 10 cents a kilo in the weeks ahead. I guess to prevent that, in-market prices would have to start to improve from their current low levels, but indications are that that may still be some way off. If we look at overall average beef export values uh, for October, it has come in at um, $9.93 a kilo. Now, that's down from $10 a kilo in September, um, but it is still above uh, year-ago levels. Um, But look, it was during October that the New Zealand dollar did reach a low point against the US dollar, and that's definitely cushioned those export prices during the month. That's Mel Crowe from AgriHQ. A lamb-based whitebait farming operation is being trialled in Southland with the aim to sell the tiny delicacy to local markets. Led by Manaki Whitebait, the project wants to provide a year-round supply of fish and is starting with a pilot trial of tanks at Bluffs Ocean Beach Freezing Works. Project manager Paul Decker says the trial comes after 16 years of research. We've got to the point of having fish in the in the tanks now in quite, quite a reasonable numbers and and it is a pilot project that we've started here um, to make sure that we, before we go to the next level of full commercialisation, um, that uh, everything that we have planned in the lab is uh, going to be upscaled enough to um, make it a commercial viable project. 
Paul Decker hopes the whitebait farm will produce about five tonnes of fish in its first year. Meat company Ansco says its massive cattle feedlot near Ashburton, which runs thousands of cattle, will be emptied of stock by the end of the year. In May, the five-star feedlot was the only remaining property with cattle disease Microplasma bovis. But since then, five nearby farms have become infected. Sally Wenley has more. Due to the growing number of infected farms in September, the Ministry for Primary Industries ordered the Mid-Canterbury feedlot's 12,000 cattle be culled. The stock are being processed at the local meatworks and their meat sold as usual. ANSCO spokesperson Grant Bunting says slowly clearing the feedlock is on track and it'll be empty by the end of the year. He says it will then undergo the same stand-down cleaning and disinfecting process that all M. bovis-infected farms go through. When fully operational, cattle at the feedlock had chewed through 50,000 tonnes of grain and 18,000 tonnes of maize from local suppliers each year. Federated Farmers Arable Chair Colin Hurst says the current market for beef is buoyant, so any feed normally bound for the feedlock cattle will be easily sold elsewhere. I've just looked into it a little bit more and it um, doesn't look like there's going to be too much of an impact. There's been good demand in the dairy sector, so there's been quite strong demand of there. And the other thing to remember, the feedlot's only closed down for approximately six months. Colin Hurst says more maize and grain has been planted this season, which shows farmers aren't concerned about the feedlot being empty. Almond hulls and shells are being trialled as a possible feed for dairy cows in New Zealand. Olam Food Ingredients has large almond orchards in Australia producing hulls and shells as a by-product. Company spokesperson Paul Johnson says dairy farmers across the ditch are already successfully using them as a source of fibre for cattle and the company believes it could also work here. We think it's going to be a viable feed solution in New Zealand based on our feedback from farmers in Australia. It's exclusive to OFI farmer suppliers. The partners that we have signed up are participating in the trial early in the new year. That's Paul Johnson. And just lastly to China now, where some vegetable growers are having to let their crops rot as COVID lockdowns continue to disrupt sales. Reuters reports that thousands of tonnes of vegetables are unsold in the top growing regions of central Hunan and northern Shandong as they are unable to reach markets. A fragmented supply chain is making the situation worse as small farmers sell to middlemen who purchase for large wholesale markets in the cities. Many traders are restricted from leaving their homes and not allowed to visit rural areas or other cities. And that's the rural news for today. Koirati Porongo o te Taifenua.